Welcome to Intersect, where church meets culture. I'm Josh Desch, pastor of Community and Discipleship at Northeast Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina, and I am joined, as always, by my zealous wife, Betsy. Zealous. Zealous. Zealous for the Lord and zealous for beautiful flowers. True. True. I like that. The hydrangeas and the knockout roses are looking really good this summer. Thanks. Yeah. How about my monkey grass? That's doing pretty well. It's doing pretty good, but I think monkey grass is... I mean, it's hard to not do well. Yeah, it's actually impossible to kill that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm in charge of that. Well, thanks for joining us once again for a very special interview podcast episode with Brooke Turner. If you have not listened to episode one, we please go and listen to the first episode. This is the second part of our interview with Brooke. And Betts, can you go ahead and give our listeners a brief recap of the first episode, who Brooke is, before we introduce this second part of the interview? Yeah, Josh and I met Brooke Turner when um, Josh joined um, staff here at Northeast Presbyterian. Brooke is a mom of three young kids. She's walking through stage four cancer. And last year in 2018, she lost her wonderful husband, Justin, very suddenly. Mm -hmm. So now she finds herself trying to navigate life without him while still battling cancer. Um, Her testimony has been such a blessing to so many. She continues to be very transparent about Mm -hmm. her struggles that she's walking through and pointing so many people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So in the first episode, Brooke shared her story. Uh, We also talked about different ways that people deal with suffering. Everybody Mm -hmm. has to deal with suffering, right, Betts? Mm -hmm. Everybody has to come up with some kind of explanation, some kind of approach. How are you going to move forward? How are you going to put one foot in front of the other. And of course, the Christian approach is just one of many different approaches that people use to get through their suffering. Mm -hmm. In part two, uh, Brooke is going to share with us uh, other things that have uh, surprised her about her suffering. What what has surprised her? She's also going to share the resources and the things that have been really helpful to her. And then finally, she'll share briefly about things that have not been helpful to her in terms of other people um, trying to love and care for her. So friends, we're going to um, put links to all of the resources that Brooke shares on our website. Again, that's www.anyprez.com slash podcast. So please do check, check out the show notes to find links for those resources. Yeah, and... You and this, you will hear in this episode a number of excellent books, d- uh, different spiritual disciplines. So we really think that you will benefit um, from the the practical, uh, real life things that have been uh, helpful to Brooke as she has uh, put one foot in front of the other in such an incredible way. Bets, I, I don't think I've seen faith, uh, you know, actual real life faith lived out in quite the same way as I've seen it lived out in the life of Brooke Turner. Mm -hmm. So we know that you'll be blessed by this episode, and um, this is part two of our interview with Brooke. Let's jump back into the conversation. So, Brooke, are there other things? I know you mentioned um, you've gone deeper into Scripture, and, and are there other things that have surprised you about your suffering, about the journey that you've been on? Just watching God's grace truly be sufficient, it should not surprise me as a Christian because I read it and I see it in Scripture and I see it in the lives of His people and other people that I've seen who are suf- who have suffered. But 
I'm just always still surprised yeah. when I look and I say, God, you got me through that. You mm. enabled me to withstand the worst or what could be perceived as the worst on earth. Mm. And um, and he continues to just provide for me day by day. And then sometimes it's just enough, and some days it just feels like so much abundance. Mm. Um, but another really cool thing is just the glorious provision and providence of God. Josh mentioned the way that the Lord intersected my life with their lives, and I still just smile and think, Lord, you are so good. You are so faithful. And not only are you providing for me now, but you are preparing me for this. Mm-hmm. A couple years ago when mm-hmm. the Deshes moved in the neighborhood right beside our family's neighbor, our family's home, he knew that I would need the Desh family um, and for Josh to be pouring into my son and for Betsy to be just a dear friend on this journey to cry with and to process some of these deep truths with, they, God knew that, and He provided that in advance. Mm. I'm sure you can look to so just yes. countless numbers of things That's right. um, that have that have turned out that way in retrospect, not knowing what was coming, but seeing how God had set up things for you in advance. That's right. Yeah, what a blessing. Brooke, you mentioned a few scriptures that have been really helpful to you in this season. Are there any other ones that you would point, um, you know, people who are suffering toward as things that have really stood out to you? As a Christian, I something I had to, I'm still always dealing with is how praying, asking the Lord what I want and and how I want the story to end, but then also praying with open hands. Mm-hmm. In Daniel chapter 3, Daniel and his friends are thrown into the fiery furnace, and they say, we know, God, we know that you were able to save us, yeah. yep. but even if not, we mm-hmm. will worship you. We will praise you. Yep. And that's been helpful for me just to put words around this tension that I'm always living in of, Lord, I know you were able to heal me completely this side of heaven. But even if not, I will praise you till my dying breath. Mm. Mm. So that's been really helpful. But also the accounts of Jesus in the garden have been really helpful for me. Just to see Jesus lament and mm. to see see Jesus cry out to his father and to give me permission to know that that's okay too. That's it, right. You don't have to jump over lament to get to hope. Mm. You can walk mm. right through lament. And it's actually biblical to see my Savior who cried out and said, God, take this from me. I don't want this. Three times, how much more do I need? Do I need that? Mm. And how that's helpful. Yeah, it's amazing to think about the garden, how in the midst of Jesus's uh, incredible grief and suffering, that he never loses his faith. That's right. He never loses his trust. And uh, as you said, Brooke, that you... You know, we, we may be tempted in suffering to want to just suppress it mm-hmm. and not truly deal with it. And there have been, I think, times where, where certain Christians and certain teachers have, have put forth the idea that, that because of our hope and those sorts of things, that grief is maybe not a Christian thing. Right. Mm. And, and maybe there's a fear there that if we grieve, will we lose our faith? Mm-hmm. And yet we do have these amazing biblical examples, the best one of all being the Lord Jesus, who does not lose his faith as he goes through, really, he's preparing to take on hell for us. 
and he knows that. He mm-hmm. he knows what's coming, and and yet he never loses his faith. And my experience has been through that that lament has actually stretched my capacity for deep hope and for joy. Mm-hmm. Because you cannot have true biblical hope without lamenting hmm. what what you've lost. That's mm-hmm. right. Or this broken world. And and acknowledging that this is broken and this is this hurts. Mm-hmm. And something better is coming. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also a scripture that's been helpful, really all of the Psalms. The Psalms are just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and my soul has been greatly encouraged by reading the words of the Psalms. Mm. So are there other things, Brooke, that um, other resources that have been a help to you as someone walking through an intense season of suffering? The thing that comes to mind first, and this isn't really a resource, so to speak, but um, is just the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. I could not have gotten through this season without God's people, and specifically the people of Northeast Presbyterian Church. Mm. Um, and that's the way that God has designed His His body, His church, is for those for His people to lift each other up in prayer and to yeah. practically come alongside. And I have I've lived that, and my children have seen it, and it's. The, the church is so beautiful for them too, mm. which is a gift. And we've needed you, Brooke. That's right. We've, we've needed you as much as you've needed us. And I think that's what the scriptures talk about when we're one body. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Another really helpful thing for me has been my Bible reading plan that I've been doing. And I think Betsy This is a two-year one because I gave this a, a shout out. One. That's right. That's right. Betsy yeah. mentioned this in a previous... This is my friend Brooke listeners episode. that I told you about with the two-year <laughs> reading plan. Here she is. <laughs> I love this reading plan and I tell everyone I can about this. It really is fantastic. It really is. It's the Gospel Coalition two-year Bible reading plan. And if you go Google those words, you will find it. It'll come up. And in my Christian life, I had tried several different reading plans through the years, chronological, read the Bible in a year, different ones, and it was always too much in one day. Mm-hmm. But this is just the right amount for me to to handle in a day in addition to doing a couple of other Bible studies. Um, this is just right. Yeah, and even if you get behind, it's very right. realistic. You can, you know, it's not so much that you can't catch up. That's and, right, and they even yeah. factor in some catch-up days. Yes. So I just having those daily deposits of God's Word into my soul has been deeply meaningful mm-hmm. for me. Um, another thing that I do, just practically speaking, is I always try to make playlists of hope-filled music mm-hmm. on my uh, iPhone. So at a f- just a moment's notice, I can just start pumping in God's mm-hmm. truth if I need it. Well, music really does stir the soul. Oh, yeah. it's, it's it's a That's a wonderful, wonderful resource. Yeah, and good books, of course. I love to read. And I mentioned Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering earlier, but... Nancy Guthrie has been such an amazing mentor kind of from afar, but recently I had the privilege of meeting her in person. And um, she walk, she herself has walked through deep suffering and has written um, two books in particular that have meant a lot to me. Um, one, the first one's called Holding On to Hope. The second one is called Hearing Jesus Speak Into Your Sorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but practically speaking, too— um, 
just people have sent me the most thoughtful cards and letters that have meant the world to me. And gift cards have been amazing, Mm -hmm. especially um, just to go pick up a quick dinner when I don't feel like cooking. Um, And then um, people who text words of encouragement, especially people who text who aren't super close to me and say no need to respond. Mm. Hmm. You don't feel like you have to yeah. shoot something back. That's right, because sometimes yeah. I might just be exhausted. Or, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, those all sound really good. And like I said, I have read Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. And I think even if you're not someone who's walking through a, um, a very painful season, it is such a good book to... Um, equip you because, mm-hmm. you know, as we've said, suffering does come to everyone in different forms. Right. And also um, to help you as you walk alongside people who are suffering. And, and just also, these are the ultimate, like we said, these are the ultimate questions of life. These are the questions that yeah. we all have to answer. Why is there evil in the world? Um, how could a, a good God allow evil? Like, that's a very good book to, to dig yep. into some of that. Yep. And there's really only so many answers that you can give to those questions. That's right. You really have to settle on one. And, uh, of course, we believe that our answer is not only true, but it's the best possible answer that there could be, which is that God is going to redeem this world. That's right. Uh, Brooke, have you come across resources that are helpful for people walking alongside those who are suffering? Maybe not suffering themselves mm-hmm. in an intense way, but you know those people who want to be good friends to those who are suffering. I actually have a book written by a friend named Marissa Henley. And it's called Loving Your Friend Through Cancer. And I got to meet Marissa a couple years ago at a writer's conference. And she herself had cancer. And then she used that experience to write this book because people would continually ask her the same question you just asked me. What can I do? My friend was diagnosed with cancer. What can I do to help? Mm -hmm. And she would write them a long message and finally said, I just need to write this out in a book. (laughs) (laughs) Be like, read the book. That's right. And it is, I've read it. Um, I was part of her launch team and it is truly a very valuable resource, not only pertaining to cancer, but really any type of suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Nancy Guthrie wrote another book, a, a similar book called What Grieving People Wish You Knew. And that's more focused on grief, hmm. whereas Marissa's is more practically, you know, someone okay. who's going through something like cancer, hmm. a difficult medical trial. Those both sound really good. I, I can say that I, I have read the Nancy Guthrie, What Grieving People Wish You Knew, and it, it has been very, mm-hmm. very helpful yeah, to you've, me. Yeah, you've shared some of those insights with me that have yes. been really helpful to me, yes. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Are there things that have, I mean, I know you don't want to throw anybody under the bus or, you know, come across as ungrateful, but are there things that have not been helpful um, Knowing, along of the course, way? that they're almost always well-intentioned. Of course. Yes. Right. And people ask me that sometimes, and I do always say, I am so grateful. I've been so well-loved mm. that <laughs> there hasn't been a whole lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, there's been some. And also... Just because something wasn't helpful for me doesn't mean that it won't be helpful yeah. to somebody else. Sure. Good point. So um, I could share some stories, however, that would make your jaw drop of some things that have been <laughs> I'm said sure to you me. Could. Yes. Um, yes. Oh, and I won't go there. But I will say that in the case of my cancer journey, my cancer diagnosis, and I think this is across the board, most cancer patients would say this, unless you're part of my medical team, or are one of my very closest friends and family, and I mean like the closest 15 people in my life, (laughs) 
Or in, unless you saw a burning bush that, and God said, you must tell this person this. <laughs> it's really not too helpful to share your um, medical advice that you read on Facebook or so um, or an so article true. that you read in a magazine that figs, eating figs cured cancer um, or essential oils cured cancer um, or your aunt did this one thing. Now she's in remission. Yeah. Mm. Um, and if you're selling products, especially, it's not helpful. But again, as unhelpful as these things have been, um, I still believe people, for the majority, have the best of intentions and and are truly just trying to help. And we all feel um, a little bit helpless when we see someone suffering and we want to do something. But but again, I would point you back to those two books, especially Marissa Henley's book, Loving Your Friend Through Cancer, for practical ways on how you can love others through cancer Mm. or through any— any type of trial like that. That sounds like a great resource. Definitely want to uh, look into that one. So, um, Brooke, we just want to, again, say thank you for mm-hmm. coming today, for sharing your story. You have touched so many lives um, just through your your faithfulness to, um, to keep pointing people to the Lord, even through the darkest of days. Um, Josh and I just love your family. We loved Justin very much. Um, mm. I, I wish we had had more time with him. Yeah. He was truly. Um, we still such love a to share. Guy. We still love to share memories. Love we do to share memories. We do, and we were just so blessed by knowing him, even for such a short time. What a wonderful guy! And you truly are a treasure. And you are um, just. We really um, are so grateful for the way that you have processed your suffering and you you live your life um, with open hands and before. Um, before us to show us to be an example for us. And I know not every day is good, mm-hmm. but um, we are just so grateful for your friendship. Oh, and thank, thank you. you for sharing with us today. Yeah. Oh, glory to God. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you for your faith. Thank you for your faith in the Lord Jesus and how that is a li- living testimony to the truthfulness of the gospel. That's right. Mm, praise and, the Lord. I mean, if, if, if you are someone who can stand in the situation that you're standing in and say, I can testify beyond a shadow of a doubt that God mm-hmm. is good, what a gift to be able to say and what a testimony to a world that has really lost its way. Mm. So what a blessing. And I can truly say he is faithful. Mm. He is. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Well, um, in our tradition, Brooke, you know that we always talk about what we're reading. So today, we're going to ask you, what are you reading? Well, I recently picked up a book recommended to me by Josh, um, by Paul Tripp, called Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands. We're big Paul Tripp fans. I love that book. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's really good so far. Um, I just finished a fiction book called Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens, and I've started trying to read more fiction because I've realized that I was reading just to try to grow and not for any enjoyment, mm. Mm. and I realized— to lighten up sometimes. Yeah, I just need to lighten yeah. up a little bit. Yeah, and that, have some fun. It was really a great book, especially the ending. So if you're looking for a good fiction read, a good beach read, mm. Where yeah, the Crawdads Sing— we're it's almost not, summertime. Yeah, and it's mm. not super um, you know, cheesy. I really liked it. Highly recommend it. But Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands, not necessarily a beach read, but it's a good one so far. (laughs) Most Paul trips aren't exactly a beach read. Unless you live on the beach all the time. (laughs) Right. Um, So also, guys, you know that um, we like to do a segment called Just Being Honest. And sometimes this is a rant. Sometimes it's just something we've— When it's a rant, it's usually from you, Bets. I love you, but I'm just going to say that. Yes, it's true. (laughs) Today, my rant is not about Amazon or Jeff Bezos, if you can imagine. Um, It's really about hydrangeas. 
So mm. um, this really dovetails with what Brooke was just saying. So follow me here. Um, we planted four, by we, I mean I, planted four, <laughs> four hydrangeas. I think I took the shovel and uh, dug the hole. I'm no, not did sure I not? you even okay. did that, but that's okay. We have different roles. Okay. So um, I planted four hydrangeas last year. And um, our, the front of our house is it's pretty sunny during the day until about 1.30. And, you know, the Columbia sun, let me just tell you all, it is hot. That sun just beats down. And, you know, hydrangeas really need a lot of water. They don't love afternoon sun. Actually, I don't think they can do well in afternoon sun. Anyway, so I really babied these things last summer is my point. And they have come back this year. They are so beautiful. They've grown, and they have so many buds on them. And every day I go out there and I'm like, did they bloom overnight? What color are they? I can't wait to see. Every single night. And this is such a metaphor for the Christian life because we, I know that beauty is coming soon, hmm. but now I wait for it. And Brooke, this makes me think of, of your journey because you know that healing is coming mm-hmm. when you reach glory. Maybe in this life, maybe that's not. Right. You know that you're going to be reunited with Justin, and that's mm-hmm. going to be the most glorious thing. You know that you're going to see Jesus face to face, and that's the same for every believer. But now we wait, and um, we wait now, and beauty and glory is coming beyond the, the, the blooms of a hydrangea, although those sing glory to God. Um, but so much beauty and glory awaits for the Christian, and mm-hmm. it's it's a wonderful thing to sink our hope into. That's right. Yeah. So, um, guys, we would love for you to um, find us on Instagram. Our handle is at Intersect Podcast. We'd also love for you to um, to connect with Brooke on social media. On Instagram, you can find her at Brooke Turner SC. Now she's Brooke with an E. So um, mm-hmm. do Brooke with an E Turner. Instagram SC. posts are incredible. She's great on Instagram. So do uh, connect with her there. If you have any feedback for us, guys, any questions, any thoughts, um, shoot us an email. Our email is intersect at anyprez.com. You can find uh, this episode and all of our our past episodes at uh, www.anyprez.com slash podcasts. And uh, it really does help us if you leave a five-star review. If you've been blessed by this podcast, those reviews really do help the rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Yeah, so thanks for joining us today. Thanks again, Brooke. Thanks for having me. All right, see you next time, guys.